0: Welcome to the UK Educators Community Podcast hosted by Sid, an Outstanding Woman in STEM Award winner, Serial Entrepreneur and Educational Consultant. Now my vision is to make maximum impact in the world through education but I know I can't do this alone so this is where you guys come in. Why don't you join me on this journey as we as educators and entrepreneurs create impact one child at a time. Join my Facebook group at UK Educators or find some great resources on my website at ukeducators.com. I've got the amazing Joe Trodden with me today, Um, and Joe I've not been in touch with for, we were just calculating this, four years. Joe was one of my, would you
1: say coaches or mentors? Yeah, coach, I think coach is probably more accurate, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Joe was one of my coaches back when I was still in employment and I was about to make the leap and leave. Before I started growing my business, Joe was one of the two coaches I had at the time, and Joe was the one that we were all scared of. And Joe has since gone on and done different things, and I think we've all taken different directions, and it's great to touch base with you again and just to explore the topic of growing a team. And I know you're saying you've changed your techniques and strategies of the way that you do things, and we'll talk about that in a second, But thank you so much for taking the time out and coming to talk to me. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's like I always looked up to you, so it's so exciting to have you uh, speak to me um, in an interview. Yeah,
1: this is Joe. It's great to be here. And hopefully supportive is somewhere in there as well as the uh, terrifying make sure you get stuff done to your deadlines. Hopefully you got something from our relationship previously.
0: I think I did. And I was just saying to you before we started the interview that um, as entrepreneurs, we're so used to doing things our own way. We're so used to being the person that makes a final decision. We don't like being told what to do. That's why we leave employment, because we don't like being told what to do. So when you're essentially working with a coach or a mentor, that the position we want to take is, no, I don't want to do it that way. But we couldn't say no to you. And I think that <laughs> kind of pushed us to kind of do things that we wouldn't normally try. And that's good. You need someone that actually you you won't say no to because it'll get you to explore things differently. Um, Because we're so resistant to change. Even entrepreneurs, we're so resistant to change. We like doing things a certain way. So I think it's always a good push. We can always find the people that are going to support us. A family going to be like, oh, it didn't work out and they'll be there. But you need someone to kind of go be really harsh with you to get you to do things that you're never going to do. <laughs> and I think you were
1: that person, and it was great. But just for everyone listening. Hopefully, I'm not coming across as too much of a monster. You know, the motive, the motive is always sound to uh, encourage people to be their best self. Like the decision is, of course, always always rests with them. But it's about challenging that that thinking um, and getting another perspective is what I try to bring. And and hit your deadlines. That hasn't changed. You know. If you're going to do it, do it or let's stop talking about it, you know? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So as you can tell, guys, this was a, it was a fab experience. I think if I hadn't had that right at the beginning, just before I was going to leave employment, I don't think I would have left on the right kind of foot. And it gave me kind of the energy to take things forward. So Joe, what have you been up to since? Because I know you've started a business. You did a whole thing on growth mindset. Take me through your journey.
1: Sure. So, After um, leaving the accelerator that we were part of, I just focused down onto the niche that I really like working with. So it's the group that I've been in business probably a couple of years. They've got traction, they've got a team of around 10-ish and they've got ambitions to to go further. There's a lot of change that happens at that point and we're going to touch on that today. I think when we look at the, the team element, there's a big shift you know, from being everything's on you, you make all the decisions, your team can be a little transient in the early stages, you know, somebody will help out or you get the odd intern or somebody comes and goes, but you get to a point where the team starts to formalise and you need to be thinking about things like your culture and your team, the, the clarity. You need to think about your strategic roadmap and that going out a bit further rather than just being everything that's happening in the moment, which is what got you to that point, you know, being able to, take immediate opportunities and shift things and pivot all the time, you still need to be opportunistic further down the line, but it can't always be in that constant state of flux. Partly because the team don't know like, what are we doing? Do you know, what is today's business? What's today's opportunity? So really getting some structures and formalizing that process and the, the leader turning into like the leader of the business, you know, working on the business rather than in it. Usually they have to do, still do something inside the business, but not trying to do everything because there's certain things only the CEO can do and if you're going to grow you know you have to be working on the business.
0: So you've been working with am I right you're working with leaders to grow their teams and especially their first teams because I think the first one is always a big learning curve and then getting that culture the team culture correct and trying trying to get them all to basically all the mechanics to work properly in the team.
1: Yeah like there's three core elements it's always with that that client group you know that's where I specialise It's partly selfish reasons because that's the time that's really exciting for me, you know, because things are still happening and, you know, this could really be a thing now. And, you know, very early, they're still trying to work out what the idea is and much further down the line, you know, any kind of change you want to make or it's like turning around an oil tanker, you know. So when you have a, a team that are trying to do something together at that point, it's really exciting. So there's three core elements. One is to look at the leader. And, you know, what is their leadership style and who are they going to emerge into? That's through a a combination of what's their, what are their subconscious drivers? What is their value system? Who is it that they're trying to become? Who do they want to evolve into? Then looking at the team, similar things on their mindsets, but understanding how do they actually communicate? How do they stay aligned and focused and everybody knows what's going on? You know, how do you make that a team rather than just a combination of people uh, and a strategic roadmap? you know, what What does this actually look like? What are you trying to achieve in terms of visions, milestones? I don't go into specific areas like sale, sales and marketing, for example. I'd be more about highlighting, okay, well, if you're trying to do this, how are we going to develop that sales function? How are you going to develop that marketing function? So it's more about getting those containers down. So really, it's focus and clarity for that next phase of development
0: brilliant so if someone is right at the early stages they're on their own um, and I know there's loads of people that are at this stage uh, especially when you're in the education sector there's loads of people that start off as the sole tutor or the sole director of a business and then they realize actually there's so much work and they can't do it all themselves what would be your kind of take on how do you start expanding what should they look for initially should they look for more tutors or people like them or should they look for more admin people what would be the first step that they take
1: i think it really just depends on what that business looks like sometimes you don't want to think about it in terms of like a like an admin or a tutor or a sales or a marketing or a you know whatever a, a, a pa or or whatever that is it's quite useful just to get the elements down. You know, what's all the things? What are all the things that happen in this business? What are all the things that I am doing? And then what are the things that I believe I could hand off to to somebody else? So you could get somebody in and you're saying, well, you'll tutor for 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week. And there's this element of the business as well to do. Now, as it grows, people tend to specialize. Mm. But in the early stages, you probably need a couple of generalists who are going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. the the key thing is that they're clear that that's what the deal is. You know, that you're very clear about the role. Sometimes we'll take the tutor example. You'll see, all right, I, I want somebody who's going to be a tutor and then they'll hire them, but they haven't actually defined really what a tutor is. And you think it's one thing and the person coming in thinks it's another thing. And then it's like, yeah, but I shouldn't have to do that as a tutor or I should be doing more of this as a tutor. So it's really critical that it's clear. So the two points there really are, Get everything down and don't think about it as a a narrowly defined hire, but do be clear about exactly what that job is that that person's coming in to do.
0: How do you then, because this was exactly how I did it, Like I realised when I first hired someone, it wasn't a specific niche uh, he was very general and he's kind of stayed very general and so he's trained up other people that have become very niche how do you know how to advertise I came across it completely by (laughs) it just happened that he was very generalist but how do you specifically go out because what do you write in the job description that will then attract people who are like that Because either you will advertise someone as a tutor or you'd advertise someone as an admin. Like, How do you define a tutor plus or do you say something else?
1: There's a very um, high proportion of them will come from somebody that you already know you know, or somebody in your network or somebody knows somebody. So just be clear that you are like talking to people about that person that you're looking for, you know, being very specific about it. Because again, it's amazing that they'll go, oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah, I know someone who's a tutor. And you know what? I've seen a previous role you did about this, that it might be the right thing for them. But if if you're putting it out there, a lot of the times what people might be drawn to is like the vision. You know, if you're very early stage, it's that thing of people want to be excited about what you are trying to do. And really, you need that. As you go further down the line, you know, you can get people that will turn up because it's a job and they'll get the money and they'll do that job quite well. But the ones in the early stages, things are going to be quite fluid and change quite a lot. So they have to be quite bought into that, you know, what it is that you're trying to do. So if, if you were to advertise that role, I mean, it might be that there's a core of that. I, I'd be making sure you're talking about the division and the mission and then do be clear about what it is. If it's 50-50. You know, tutor, what's wrong with tutor and admin? Like, they'll be drawn to it or, or they won't be.
0: You're, you're correct on that. It has to be, well, my first hire he it was interesting he put up a a little kind of meme on the group that we're in and it basically said there's three kind of workers and he really defined what we were looking for because we were at the point of increasing the team and finding it really difficult to find the right people it said there's three kind of workers one is the person that comes in and loves Fridays they come in they, they don't have they hate Mondays they're looking forward to a Friday and just to get that paycheck and then the second type of worker is the one that competes They compete with their colleagues. They want that title. They want that recognition. They want the praise. And the third type of worker is a mission worker. They're in it for the long term. They're in it because of the vision. And it's interesting that you talk about the vision because all my hires are in it for the vision. (laughs) They see where we're heading. And I think especially when you're in a sector like education, that's such a big differential factor. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell Mm -hmm. people that are in it for the heart that they want to make a difference. And you can tell Mm -hmm. that those that are in it just for the money in the way that they talk, their their literature, their marketing, it either turns people on or it turns people off, depending on what they're looking for. I think that's big. And do you find that that's a, a big thing in businesses that are changing now, the ones that are emerging? Are they more driven by that mission? Uh, where previously it would
1: have just been a clockwork thing yeah so i would i would say that they're still hiring for people that are bought into the mission you know there's, there's very few that are going to just be straight nine to fives i would draw a distinction though that what are called um rock stars and shooting stars so like a shooting star is somebody who's always wanting to do the the next thing like step up give me more i want to learn I'm, you know i'm here i'm hungry you know, let's go, go, go. And they're really focused on their career and their, their development. Now, they're great if you are on that uptick where things are going to grow. You know, there's so many businesses at this stage. You could go from like admin assessment to like COO. Do you know, if you've got the skill set, like you, you can move really quickly. But you've also got rock stars, which are people that do want to come in and do a good job. It's it's a little different from that. I hate Monday, and I'm you know I'm praying for Friday, person. The rock stars, like I'll come in and I'll do the job really well. But I am here, you know. I'll be here nine to five. And you will get my full commitment during that time. But I've got, you know, kids or a family or some other interest that they want to do. You know, there are two things to think about on those hires. There's a point on that line where if you've got like 10 shooting stars, it's tricky because they're going to be like competing. You know, if they all want to kind of progress and do that next thing and you won't be able to do that and you won't have stability because if you can't give them that opportunity, they'll go away and get it somewhere else. So I think these rock stars are good people to have in as well, that they'll come in and they'll deliver. The key thing is that, you know, obviously the motive that they want to do the best job that they can. But not everybody's going to be that, you know, I'll work 16 hours a day and, you know.
0: You need a mixture, don't you? You need people yeah. that are able to be a bit more stable, that can do the admin sort of tasks, or repetitive things. But you need people then to be on the visionary side where they can see the long term and develop the business as well. Yeah, but it's
1: not, it, it might not be like, the, they could be great visionaries between nine and five. Yeah. You know, there's more about that sort of, I've got to the place that I want to get to. So you could have like an amazing marketing director, but they're like, do you know what? Like I'm a a level nine and that's where I want to be. Do you know? So you don't need to keep giving me more opportunities and all the progression and all that. Like I'll come in and this is the job that I want to do and deliver for you. So it's not just a a question of, you know, them doing the admin or like anything else. It's more about I've reached a level. This is like a tutor. Tutor might be a good example. You know, you've got somebody who's reached a level of tutor and they're, they're happy there. And you need them there because they can deliver. But equally, you'll have tutors at this level that are like, I want to go above that. I want to be, you know, some superstar to or whatever it is. But, so that's an important distinction. Where do you need those rock stars and where do you need the shooting stars?
0: So when you go into a business and they've already got like a, a small team, are you mm. then looking for the different styles? So who's a shooting star, who's a rock star um, and seeing how they kind of fit together?
1: The first thing to do is about the alignment, because often when I go in, you know, and they've come through that kind of like, let's. there's loads of stuff just going on, loads of plates spinning. Like the the vision and the mission tend to be reasonably clear. Sometimes it could be a bit clearer, but it's that thing of what's the narrative? Do you know what's the story between where we are now and say our next milestone? Like, do we all agree on what that actually is? Well, at least... You don't have to all agree, but we're all clear on what that is, yeah. say, for the next three months, six months. And then what's my place in that story? Do you know, how am I contributing to where it is that we're trying to get to? Um, and it's amazing how often that has just slipped out of alignment. Like, they, they haven't just come together to go, Do you know what, can we just all get on the same page and, and make sure, you know we, know, we know what the story is, what our roles are in it. So, like, that that's really the first thing, to get refocused on, OK, here's the next milestone. Let's get that story clear. And make sure everybody knows what their um, what their role is within that. And then what I do with them, and it depends, you know, it depends what the requirements of the business are, but I'll be working with them on their mindset. So I'm a big fan of Myers Briggs personality typing test. You can take one at 16personalities.com. Those tools are not about putting people in a box for me, they're about getting people to start to have that conversation about, you know, the the different perspectives that people bring to the table. So when you look at things like Myers-Briggs, you look at things like values, we're getting people to do those exercises to then bring that to the table for the conversation. So you start to appreciate on a human level and at a deeper level how the team actually think, not just what they do, but like how they think, how they can help to, you know, input into decisions that are going to be made, the lens that they're going to bring to different discussions when you've got a team that really appreciate that you end up battling less and being more accepting because if i'm somebody who's always like focused on the the, the details in this practical element and what's going to happen now and you've got somebody who's really big picture around the table right they're having a different discussion and then they're having a battle about like what should we be talking about and who's right no no we need to think bigger yeah, but nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah, but that's not important just now. But if you can say, oh, what's ha- what's happening in this discussion? What do we need to sort out in this conversation? What's the lens that I'm bringing in? See if we really need to focus on something. Maybe I don't need to think about that. I would need to not force that big picture because really we're just talking about what we need to do for the next fortnight or whatever. Just thinking about those different lenses. So alignment getting people self-aware and understanding the lenses that they're bringing. And then this roadmap execution. You know, how do you make sure that teams stay accountable, keeping in with the, the transparency and the cadence making sure that they can communicate effectively as they travel on that that narrative that we've set. I think the
0: self-awareness there that you've spoken about is really important because a lot of people are not self-aware of how they operate or how they think or how they influence other people. So is a lot of your work about self-awareness and growth mindset still? Because I know you had a big focus on growth mindset when we first met. Do you bring that in and intertwine it with what you're doing?
1: For sure. I look, it's, it's fundamental. The, the whole, the purpose of having that team, you know, there's a difference between I've got a lot of people who do a thing. That's not really a team. Like if you've got a salesperson and a marketing person and a tutor or five tutors, and they're not really coming together to do anything. Don't know, is that is that a team? Not, not in my book, right? A team for me is where they're all coming together. Now, of course, tutors will deliver some of the tutor stuff. The salesperson's going to be doing the sales. Like they've all got different functions, but we're all on one mission, right? And, and what sales do impacts the tutors. And how the tutors are operating, you know, that's related to how we are going to sell or market. So it's about this bringing people together. And it is these different perspectives and understanding, you know, those, like I say, those lenses that that people bring to the table. It's a huge part of it because that's how you can tap into the synergies. Because the thing is, right, if you, you can't help but use your lens on the world. So for me, I'm like highly structured. I want the plan, 100%. Like, come on! But they, another dimension on Myers Briggs is about leaving your options open. I mean, it's judges and perceivers. So, for Myers Briggs, judges want a, a structure and a plan. Perceivers are like, well, who knows? The best opportunity could come along at any moment. Don't tie me down, man. You know, don't, don't box me in. And it's understanding when is it time for one and when is it time for the other in conversations. When, when should I just pull back and not? say, right, we need, you know, we need to put a fence around that now and we need to put the structure in there. And equally on the perceiver side, you know, there's a point at which you do need to do that because otherwise nobody knows what's going on in the team, right? If you don't have a plan that you can say, remember, this is what we're trying to do. It's not about it's cast iron because things would change. But when you start to appreciate those different elements, it's really powerful. And people can, depending on the trust level you have in the team, you know, people can say, are you, are you trying to put a fence around this at the moment? Go and give us some more time to explore it. And equally, come on, people. We're you know we're going to have to make a decision at some point, or you know we're not going to be able to make the plan. So you you can then start to have those conversations and appreciate the the different strengths that people have got, and that's like one dimension of of many. Do you know?
0: Do you find that the way that you perceive the team determines how the team operates? So, for example, when I first started out building my team, I told them that there were like bits of jigsaw pieces. And that if one of the jigsaw pieces was missing, then we don't function properly. So like the the teachers are jigsaw pieces, the admin team, and they have to all be fitting in together for it to work. And if Mm -hmm. one of them is not pulling their weight, then we're all going to be affected. And then I was speaking to someone and she was saying how actually when you call someone a jigsaw piece, you're boxing them into a specific role. Then they will feel that that is their only role and they won't get involved with other aspects of the business.
1: Well, is that is that what you meant by the jigsaw metaphor?
0: No, but then yeah. I don't know whether other people took it like that, though.
1: See, th- this is it, right? So this is the challenge when uh, th- this whole thing about, like, clarity and culture and what does all of that mean? Because mm. I've had similar things, you know, about the, the degrees of, like, f- like, what's freedom? You know, what's the, the freedom and what decisions are you actually there to make and what is your part in all of this? And is your opinion valued, you know, in another department? But it's back to that thing of we are in this together. Like we're all trying to achieve this mission. And yes, we've got our own roles, but we want all of those lenses. So if you've got your, again, just stick to that P and the J dimension. If you've got a marketer who's a really strong P and a salesperson who's a really strong J, like they can help each other, not because of the experience of the job role, but about, okay, well, let's put a plan around that or maybe I can help you to like think about how I would explore different options and the the thing that you do so it's about this culture which is not like you know a poster on a wall you need to actually find ways for people to live that culture you know if you've got a culture of feedback you need to find ways to encourage people to do it not just say oh you've you know you've got feedback like I don't like anonymous 360s, for example. I think the names should be against them. Uh, A 360 feedback. So you're just like basically giving feedback on the team. It's just a form to give feedback on, um, you know, other members of the team and what you've seen and how how they are performing. Um, And like be open and transparent about it. You know, I don't like anonymous feedback because then it's, you're, you can end up sitting... And, it's you know, that's a cultural choice, right? But then you're kind of going, well, who wrote that? And why wouldn't they just come and tell me? And that's not... You need to be careful how you use feedback, right? Because feedback's not like, you're doing this wrong and I hate you. That's not what that's about. It's going... Here's another way that you could have done that. Or here's my perspective again on, you know, whatever that task that you carried out
0: or the way that
1: you're interacting.
0: That would drive me insane, not knowing who said what, because I think the personality of the person plays a key bit in what they're saying because it fits in with them. And if someone else said it, it'd be taken completely differently. So I think you need to know who's saying it to be able to understand what they're saying. What they
1: mean by it, right? And and then have you just have the conversation because yeah. something like that it is just a perspective, yeah. but that's a cultural thing to put in. Even there, you know, you need to draw a distinction between like some. If you're saying as the leader, my feedback is I need you to do that differently. That's a very different type of feedback. To I was watching that session you were running, and you know you could do this or that. You know, like what is that? Because if you're being directional. It's more of an instruction than, you know, some people make mask but really it was you were telling them they need to do, do it this way. It's just a different thing. You know, the, the feedback to grow should be something that you can choose to implement or not. But yeah, this is all part of shaping that, your your culture inside your team. So
0: culture is something that lots of people talk about when, they, when they're talking about teams, they talk about culture. But, and, and I think it's so easy to talk about culture. It's so difficult to implement it. Because you might have, as a leader, you might have one vision of how you want to... How you want them to operate but actually getting them to do that is very difficult because what i found was they were bringing in their past experiences working for other employers into the team and when things would get slightly tense between the different team members they'd be like oh, but in my previous job, it would have been their role to do this and their role to do it. I was like, but you're not in your previous job. Sure. Um, so how do you, if you are fundamentally changing the way that most teams work, which I, I think I'm trying to create something that's very different from other teams in that mm. I want to create a leader-leader structure, not a leader-follower structure. So not a top-down approach. But I want them all to be leaders in their own right, because I've said to them in the future, you're going to be building your own teams because this business is going to grow. And as it grows, you're going to have a team to build. So you need to understand how how best you will lead. And that's only going to happen if you take responsibility now and you're able to take ownership of the tasks that you're doing. Um, so I've got a vision where they will then grow a team and then those team members will then become leaders and they'll grow their own team. So it will be like a continuous effect. So from that perspective, a top-down leader approach doesn't work, but then that's kind of tipping everything upside down from what they know previously, because most businesses are structured that way. So how do you take people away from what they already know and their past kind of influences on what how a team should operate, what people should be doing. How do you change that? Because that's so difficult to do because they're bringing in all this baggage with them.
1: So the first thing there is about be clear at the hiring. You know, I would hope that you're having that conversation with anyone that's coming on board now to say, typically what I've seen is this. People might be coming from an educational environment where it's like X, Y, Z. We are very different. Now, the people that that works for are like this. And the people that it won't work for are like this, and that's nothing about the person. So if I'm hiring you, I'm not saying there's something wrong with you because you don't want to, you know, operate where you maybe do have that extra bit of responsibility, or the, there's more. Maybe you want people to be a bit more entrepreneurial. That I mean, that's fine. But it's so it's the deal that you're actually making with them to say, look, be honest with yourself, because then if it isn't working, you can say, remember, this is you know, th- this is what we talked about. So now I'm not, I'm not debating. Whether we should do it that way or that way, yeah. like we remember, we agreed it was like this. And if that isn't right for you, and you've experienced it, and you found out that you don't like it, no problem. Oh yeah, but I want to do it the the old way. But remember, you know, we, we've said that was that's not how it can operate here because of X, Y, Z. And I made that agreement with you. So that that alignment at the, you know, in the early stages is super, super important. When you talk about the, the sort of disempowerment piece, is can be a bit of a gray area. You really need to be clear on the parameters that you give people to operate in and the, the levels of decision-making that they can make. Because already in our discussion, although you're saying like you want that flat structure and there's, we're not all leaders, there's still a thing of going, you know, here are the parameters to operate. Like for example, you've, if you had a sales department, you could just say at the far side of that, you set your sales target and I'll see you, you know, at the next meeting. Or you can say your sales target for the year is a hundred grand. We target this type of customer. These are the key messages that we want to give them. When you speak to them, the processual follows this. Here's where you do a demo. So there's a point between here's a blank bit of paper and here's a really prescriptive, absolutely, like, don't think for yourself. Do it exactly this way. And there's a point in the middle of that. But what I see sometimes is that, and this is to do with, like, the way entrepreneurs think, I think, because they're, like, for their own lens, it's like just go and execute. You know, go and do that. And if some doesn't work, we'll just find a quick solution and get on with, you know, because that's how the entrepreneur's mind works. Whereas you've got other minds that are going, all right, now I'm a bit off book here and I don't know, like, is this my decision to make now? And if I do this, what will they actually think about it? So it's really important to be clear about what the parameters are. Do you know what are the decisions that they can make and what are the non-negotiables basically? I mean, we touched on this before about the phase delegation. Say you've got that that sales example, right? So maybe you've brought somebody in who's a bit more junior and you want to help them grow into the role. Be wary of making that hire. Like if you need somebody who is like a great tutor, the chances of like, I'll take somebody who will grow into the role, they probably won't grow into great tutor as quickly as you wanted them to, right?
0: I hired someone three years ago. Now she's amazing. But it's take people don't realise, it's taken three years of training to get right. at this point. Yeah. Right,
1: and don't put the pressure on them to be, right, in, in you know, two weeks' time, you're mm-hmm. going to be that person, like understand who you're hiring and when. But if you've got that, that person on and you want them to grow into the role, then if we stick with that sales example, maybe you are saying, okay, that's the target, here's the people, this is what we say to them. Now, you tell me how you would go about, like, finding those and you know, what your first approach would be like. So now I've got a bit of freedom and responsibility in this area. Okay, you're doing that quite well. Now you go and find that target list. Okay, now we're talking about, what do you think? Is that still the right customer for us? So you, you do it in these phases rather than like you are, I'm going to be totally prescriptive and that's it. And, you know, we're not, we're not negotiating from there. Or here is this blank page and there's it just ends up being chaos and people don't know what's going on. So it tends to be about letting go in phases rather than like you are now the salesperson or you are now the tutor and you have total free reign. You know, just working out how much freedom and responsibility do you want to give them and then giving them a little bit more, you know, checking in. okay, that's going well, a bit more, a bit more. And people can grow like that. And it's good for the entrepreneur as well, because the reality is it's incredibly hard to delegate and let stuff go that's just the bottom line right you can you can read any article you want about oh yeah you just need to empower your people and let them thrive and I get it and you do but it's hard it's super super hard because you feel like one misstep could cost you the business like it's still quite fragile you think that your way you know is going to be the right way to do it because it's been you that's been you know making those decisions all the way So it's not like um, you can't just flick a switch, you know, in my well, in my experience, it's more about like delegating over time.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the things that you've just said that there made me smile because I've made those mistakes. I've hired people and then realised, actually, we should have spoken about this at the higher stage. So we got the right people in. So then in future we did that and it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I've noticed is I was doing the hiring initially, all of it even though the people were going to be working with the other people in the team. And I realized Mm. that was a mistake because they're not going to be working with me on a daily basis. They're going to be working with other people in the team. So I took a step back, which was difficult to do. Mm. And I got some of my team to do the hiring. And I said to them, whoever you hire, you're going to have to work with them. So just make sure you can work with them. But that was such a big step for me to kind of take myself away from that and kind of give them the responsibility. But every hire that they've made has been perfect. They fit in, they get on, and within two weeks, I'm like, yeah, you've made a brilliant hire there. Well done. (laughs) Because they know what the type of person they need to work with, and I think, sometimes we don't value other people we think we know all the answers we know mm. how to do it properly because we are the ones that kind of conjured up the idea mm. but actually they are self aware of who they need to work with what they need to do it in order to achieve something and i remember i know the biggest kind of pain point for me when i was employed was someone else telling me what support i needed being told you need you, you needed this so i went and did it for you I'm like i didn't ask for it though
1: yeah yeah
0: that's the worst thing that you could do to an employee which takes away their feeling of being part of the team and feeling empowered so I'm trying to not make those mistakes and I think it's so difficult because yep. you see yourself doing it and you're like no no, yep. I can't do that and part of the other thing is allowing people to make mistakes you can see that they're about to make a mistake and you're you, you can see that they're going to say something wrong to a potential customer and I'm like okay I've got to just let them because then they'll come back to me and they'll be like Sid what do I do now? Because the person has said this (laughs) Mm. and then then it becomes a learning opportunity. Then you go, okay, maybe you should have said this in the first place and then they would have said this and they're like, okay. But I think until they make that mistake, they're not going to learn from it. And I think it works with leadership as well. I went to a lot of leadership training and I heard a lot of different things, but until I made those mistakes, I couldn't go, Oh, that's what he meant. Or that's what she meant because you, you just don't understand until it's put within context and it made me smile because everything that you've said there, I've been through it and I've experienced it. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I've made it. <laughs> And you kind of implement it by trial and error. But the process to be able to step back and say, this is where I went wrong is really, I think, beneficial. Because even though you're changing things on trial and error, until you know what that process is, you don't know what you need to repeat again. It works. You're like, well, I, what part of it worked? And I think it's really helpful to have someone that's detached from the company to kind of go, I think this is what you did and this is how you got that uh, solution. So maybe redo that bit to make it work. So do you find that once a team has got the bare basic bones in place, they know what their culture is, they know the process to hire and what to say at that point and they've got that communication going, do you find it's easier for them to grow or do they then hit another stumbling block when they hit a certain number again?
1: They, they need to um, maintain it. Do you know, it's not like a sort of a do once. You need to evaluate that, especially things like the culture. Do you know, how are we performing against our culture? Like actually take a stop and a step back and go, what's going on here? What's happening with my leadership Was You know, these evaluations of that. But yeah, it, having them in place is really key. And I guess what I do is, it's not so much about like me telling clients what to do. It's about the, the ways to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you look at the thing and go, do you know, this team just isn't getting on. Well, we look at the mindsets and we look at their roles and responsibilities, and we look at what they think their part is in the story, does that give us any clues as to why they might not be gelling well together? So it's not going, like, it's this, you know? You know, I can't help myself sometimes when you see a problem, you've seen it so many times before, and you're going, like, it's clearly this, you know? Like you say with entrepreneurs, it doesn't work if you solve their problem, right? It's not the way to to sort of learn and bring that into the culture. I am not, like, in businesses long term. I'm not your employee. I'm outside of that, and it gives me a perspective. Perspective, where I don't have an agenda. You know, when I work with the leader in the team, I'm working for the business in the team. I'm not working for you. But I'm not your right hand man in this. That it's me and you. You know, in the team. But I'm here, and I'll tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear. I'll just I'll tell you what what's straight. Oh no, that I
0: know right.
1: (laughs) But 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 this is the thing. Well, I'll tell you the stuff you do want to hear as well. I'll tell you what's true, whether you want to hear it or not. I think that's a better way to put it, you know, because otherwise it's not going to happen. Like this whole transparency and the reality of what I see happening, you can deal with that. You can disregard what I'm saying. You can deal with it or, you know, you can just go about stuff your own way. But the reason that they call me in is because they feel that thing of like, this is we're out of alignment here or like the culture isn't where I want it to be or I'm not, I feel the team have got more to give and I don't know how to help them to find it. Like they know that there's something going on. Um, So it's more about providing different lenses and perspectives through the tools and the frameworks and the conversations. And the fact that I am so radically honest can bring that out in other people. I'm not going to be like political about it and hide anything from you. Cause there's, there's no point, you know, Every, everybody wants really to deal with the, the reality of a situation.
0: And do you, cause you've talked about there going in and supporting the team. Do you also work with businesses where there isn't currently a team, but they're looking to get a team and those very, very early stages where they're looking to hire and, and, and. Kind of
1: no, I'm not, I'm not really the guy for that.
0: So you work with some a teams already there and it's just making it work.
1: Yeah, because like in, in the early stages, there's plenty of support out there, you know, for like the free accelerators and so on. Like, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there for if you've got an idea and you're just trying to grow. And I would, you know, I definitely, if you're in that position, you're thinking about your first hire, you know, the stuff we talked about at the start of this conversation about, you know, understanding who that actually is and don't think that getting an apprentice is a cheap... Now I've got a market, a person's going to do all my marketing because I've got a marketing apprentice. No, because they... The whole point is you're supposed to teach them. They're supposed to learn from somebody. Um, Please don't do that to an apprentice if anyone's watching. Like, think that an apprentice is a cheap staff member. That is not what they are at all. It's about helping them to learn and develop. But no, I, I don't work with them at that point because, to be honest, quite often the business is still, like, there's no point in me doing, like, a roadmap or creating the narrative because it doesn't really exist yet. So it's more when they've got traction. Yes, it's evolving, but we know what it is that we're doing. There's a team in place that now this person is, the entrepreneur is going to become more of that CEO and develop into that. And this team will need to step in and, you know, it's the team taking the business to the next level. Like I say, at the early stages, it's, the team's too transient. Mm. Like you'll get an intern here or there or, you know, your uncle helps for, you know, a, a month or, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just mm. not the same thing.
0: I'm assuming it's a three-month three period that you're working with a team roughly
1: it depends so it depends what they need right so if it's the the leader i've got a month program where we just dive into their leadership style and okay. uh, then there's a team program which is generally a couple of months but it's a bit more bespoke depending on what it is you know how many of the team there are what challenges you want to address and then there's three months is basically the whole thing you know about let's um, get this this narrative and this roadmap and everything down okay let's work out who's doing what and it's more it's more in depth so it depends what they're what they're looking for. If they say here's the strategy and they can show it and they explain it and you know all of that's clear and it's just the leadership, you know, fine, we can look at that. If it's if it's again, we've got the strategy, everything's clear and it's all down. We just want to communicate better as a team. Okay, you know that's that's something specific as well.
0: So can you give us an example of? Uh, you don't have to mention names, obviously, don't mention names. But a team that you helped and the transformation that you saw within the period that you worked with them. Like, what was it that you saw at the beginning?
1: And where were they at the end? So this thing of nobody knows, people don't know what good looks like. So I've gone into a business and the team are actually saying, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not because they don't know what their job is anymore. Mm. you know? And they're not really getting an answer to that. And maybe sometimes they're embarrassed to ask. So I was about going in, like I say, Okay, let's sort out the roadmap. What's the the big vision? I'm loath to go into details, but it is about. So we worked out like what what is that the big vision, and then we set what's called a peak point, which is a, like a key milestone. It's not just you know month month month. It's what's a really important point on this this business's journey. And for us, it was really solidifying the the UK market was this, this first peak point because the vision was to go international, but there was no point in making loads of decisions about how to do that because we hadn't really proven enough of the model here. Mm. And if you're trying to get everyone to think about, oh yeah, thinking about how we're going to be operating in Luxembourg, and France, and Germany, like it's too much, like there isn't a focal point to say, see, see what we're doing at the moment, decide here and see when it's time to think about, you know, the next milestone, we'll look at that. But for the moment, Here's UK market. And then using a system called OKRs. I don't know if you're familiar with them. So objectives and key results. If your listeners are interested in um, tools to help people to work towards goals, objectives and key results are a really great thing. But ultimately, it's just saying what are the most important things that we need to do, the objectives and the key results What are the things that will indicate that we've actually hit our objective? Like, what are the results from the process that we're doing? So making sure that everybody knew what they were as a team and what their part is within it. And at the same time, we're looking at, you know, the communication around the table. It's things like, in that team, whose decision is it? Like, when we're sitting around a table, are we actually co-creating something? Or is it your decision and you just want to hear other perspectives? Now, both of those are fine, but you had the problem where the team feel like at times they were co-creating, but actually the entrepreneurial leader was going to make the decision. So then I'm like massively disempowered from that. Right. You know, and and the the lead entrepreneur just kind of overruled everybody who's on the team. Now, that's fine if you set up to say what we're doing in this meeting is I am going to do this and it's my responsibility. I'd just like to hear your perspectives on, you know, like, what do you think about this? But it's ultimately my decision. That's very different to we as a team are going to come together and create something. So really, that that's just, it's a generic example there. I mean, it's a specific one I'm thinking about, but I just can't, I don't feel comfortable giving you the, mm-hmm. you know, any, even like the industry and the stuff that we're looking at because people would be able to get it from testimonials. The vision and the mission, clear. It's normally quite clear. This first peak point, strategic milestone. And then within that business, it was a lot of it was to do with, is this a team co-creation thing to hit that objective? Or is it an individual person who is looking for feedback from the team? And it completely changes the conversation.
0: It sounds so subtle, but I think it's such a fundamental difference in how people perceive it, how people in the team perceive it. And I think for people that are listening to this who don't have a current team, they're probably thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be so easy to do once we get to that point. But actually, when you're at that point and you're working with multiple people, it is not that simple. It becomes more difficult. And this yeah. notion that things get easier when you've got people around you. It's not, they get harder because somehow now you're not just managing yourself and your behaviors and your emotions. You're managing like another 10 people around you and then their interactions. And what I found difficult was actually not knowing what their interactions are. And then them coming back to me and saying, Oh, this person said this to me, like in a playground sort of. This person said this, and it made me really upset. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, why sure. so upset. And, it, and you suddenly become a sort of parent figure to them, um. And they're like kids in a playground, kind of trying to figure out how where they fit in 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 the, in the playground. But,
1: but again, and this is a cultural thing, right? So you can give them a tool like the Crucial Conversations Framework, which is a way to have difficult conversations. Hmm. So then you can, you can have the team, like if the team member comes to you and says, blah, blah, this person, whatever, you say, well, have you had a crucial conversation with? Them? And then they can go. And again, I, I can't go into that. You know, I don't think we'll have time to go into that, but it's really about how we create stories and our version of events. Yeah. And if we've done this stuff that I was talking about before with the mindset, self-awareness, understand yourself, like that thing about why are you so upset about that? And probably to be honest, that isn't going to help them to deal with it because the reality is they are that upset about it. So what do you choose to do? I'm, I'm the same. I'm like very logic, you know... What what are you what are you bothered about? Okay, your you know your your cat passed away, but can we just get on with what we've got to do? But but that's that's my lens, and I, saying to somebody you need to think like me is not how you're going to get yeah. stuff out of the the best out of that team and the individual. Just quickly, you've got frameworks that you can give them to say you've got the tool to deal with that, and culturally we should be able to have those conversations. So go and try and have that conversation, and if it doesn't work, let's all get together and work out. How how are you two going to be able to have that conversation? Because
0: what I found was I was almost coaching him then to kind of go, OK, so what? Where were, where's the issue? Like, why did it kind of make you upset? And, and then he kind of realised that actually he was upset about other stuff. And yeah. there's that conversation where he just took it out of context. And then because he was holding it back, I was like, just go and have a conversation with her. It'll be mm. tell her that you were upset by it and then she'll be aware of it and she won't do it again and it's just a simple step like that but then you find that you take more of a coaching role and then you're coaching your team members to to work differently but yeah I think it's been a great conversation you've gone through lots of different techniques and tools and things that for people to think about especially if they've got a small team already in place Um, if people want to reach out to you how would they do that
1: um, email me, joseph at josephtrodden.com or they can get me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Joe Trodden on LinkedIn. They'll be able to find that easy enough. And the website, josephtrodden.com. Like, I used to be called um, mindset experts, right? Because it was there was a lot of focus on mindset and what we were doing. And I do believe that. Like the, the strategy won't work unless you have self-awareness. That's just my principle. Like, it doesn't matter how beautifully crafted the plan is you don't know your own head as a leader and your, what's going on in your team you know your team don't know it will never happen but ultimately people were buying me you know for like my approach and I'm not what I would call an entrepreneur you know I've got my own business but I don't want to grow a team uh, I'm more interested in working with great other consultants and freelancers so there's people I'll pull into projects but the great thing for me about that is they're they're not bringing my methodology like they're bringing their own so now we've got something, you know, and and I don't know, like Dave's methodology will work for this client, but Sarah will. And actually Dave's better for that one. So it means I can give clients exactly the people that they need when, you know, they might need that market and that sales thing. So, yeah, that's, that's my approach to that.
0: And again, I think it's about knowing what you want to do, whether you want to be a, a one-person band and bring people in or you want to grow a team, and I think that's fundamental as well, because hard, fast rules, that this is how you got to do it. You can do business the way that you want to do it.
1: Right, absolutely, and and if you do want to be, the reason, part of the reason that I do that is I like more agility. I don't want the responsibility for other people. I can, you know, change, take the opportunities that I want to. It's, it just it works so much better for me. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, people who are going out on it for, you know, for themselves, don't think you have to create you know some big scale business like do the thing that you want to do
0: brilliant thank you so much joe i think it's been amazing we've had lots of people listening in um and it's always a pleasure to kind of catch up with people that i've uh, lost touch with. i know it's been four years and it's been a fantastic conversation like i've always looked up to you so i think it's so nice to be able to have a interview with you and find out where you've got to and and kind of tell you where i am right now yes um, cool. thank you so much for coming in and having this interview with me and um, i wish you all the best and maybe we'll cross paths again maybe uh, i'll get you in at some point once team
1: is at a crunch point again yeah yeah you was at the crunch point let me know
0: i hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation and took lots of value from it for your business now if you did please remember to do me a huge favor and rate and review on your podcast app and if you don't want to miss another episode please remember to subscribe Now, if you missed anything or you want to find out what's coming up next, remember to go to ukeducators.com forward slash podcast, where there's lots of information about the guests upcoming and those that we've already had. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Educators Community Podcast, and I'll see you next Sunday when we release a new episode.